0: And is the bonus segment of my wire People Into That podcast. Follow at Tina Horn Sass or at Tina Horns Sass, if you're nasty, on Twitter and Instagram. Visit wirepeopleintothat.com, support my show, and get extra shit at patreon.com slash tinahorn. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash t-i-n-a. H-O-R-N. I Amy. Mean, did you I did I hear some room. Yeah, were you modulating? I think you modulated. Absolutely. We are musical
3: here at Food for Thought.
0: Food for Thought? Thank you for being on my show.
1: <laughs> She's like, why did I invite you on my show? Oh my, my gosh, show?
0: not at all, yeah. not at all.
2: Hi, I'm Joseph Osmondson, scientist, nonfiction writer, total top and closet Justin Bieber fan.
1: Oh my God. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> well,
3: now I've got something new to dis Joe about.
4: <laughs> um, okay.
3: So I'm Dennis Norris II, and I'm a reader, and a writer, and a former figure skater, and I am obsessed with Cheese.
1: I'm Fran Torado, a writer, editor, and I just scored tickets to the Michelle Branch concert. I am so excited. My name is Alexandra De Palma,
3: and I'm a producer on Food for Thought. Awesome. The producer.
0: Well, together you all form a podcast that is just so wonderful, that has just been (laughs) filling my ear holes for the past couple of weeks. I just can't recommend Food for Thought enough. Um, I also love that every time I, r- I recommend it, I uh, somehow, like, end up in a conversation about THOT, the acronym, and, like, whether it's horphobic or, or like, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think it's horphobic, but... Um,
3: it's complicated
2: (laughs) and that's why we like it it's funny I had a conversation on Facebook with an older gay writer who wrote on my thread who was like I don't understand what that means Mm. and I got to have like a conversation I I described it to him but then also was talking about how we love the term because it is by definition talking about someone else Mm. so like it's a term that is particularly interesting to reclaim because it's it's othering the other person by definition but Mm. there's the word over isn't it so it's that whole over there so claiming to to be a thought yourself like mm. immediately puts you in the position of like I have done things in my life that have been wrong to other people or like there's there's kind of a a universalization of like we all a thought to somebody you know
0: that's a very yeah. joe reed
3: it's just it's owning I am other mm. and like loving it
0: also a hoe also, also I am a ho. and also a hoe <laughs> Did you have something you oh, wanted to add? I, Brandon, no, I don't to say I on this subject. Take... You just really wanted to have that mic. No, in your I just hand.
1: knew that Dennis couldn't have
3: it. <laughs> right now. This is the mic is back in my hands. You're welcome.
0: Well, I highly recommend that if anybody, if anybody likes. Why are people into that? They are sure to like food for thought. Uh, I feel like we have a lot in common in terms of the things that we like to talk about. We like to talk about sex. Specifically, we yes. like to talk about the gay sex. Yes. Uh, the gayer, the better. <gasps> Uh,
1: yeah, I I just I need to come. I'm a virgin, so this is gonna be like really difficult conversation.
2: So today, to and
0: why like are people at. into that? We're gonna swipe friends mo- v card I'm, I'm sorry, his
2: mother's blue minivan would like to disagree with that. <laughs> oh my!
1: Can you not put me on
2: blast? So
0: would right so
1: would his eye So would his eye cow
0: <laughs> The eye <ICAL> don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> the receipts we have the receipts. <laughs> um. So, uh, what al- what else do our shows have in common? Definitely Rosé, uh, definitely uh, the pink peach emoji, and butts, 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 butts. Um, <laughs> all the butts.
2: But also a certain readerly and writerly sensibility, you know, sort of coming at things with books and, and theory and lived experience mm-hmm. and absolute thoughtery. And- so it's like... You know, we will tell you what feels good and maybe even why it feels good.
0: So, what I thought we could do today, since you are all my uh, wire people into that guests, um, is that we would do a little bit of a like lightning round uh, wire people into that and maybe you guys can explain things to me that I don't understand.
1: Ready for it.
0: Cool. Um, so, I have a little list of surprise. Um, subjects that no one here has yet seen, but I don't think that anyone will be surprised by. Um, so, uh, but I, so I'm, I'm going to start. I'm going to. I'm going to start uh, just like throwing one, like an easy one, like over the plate. That's the a softball. We soft call them ball. a soft ball. Thank you. <laughs> did you did you just explain me? <laughs> <laughs> It's usually, like, like I, I, like, head into a sports metaphor with, like, a lot of confidence. And then by the, and then by the end, I'm kind of, like, <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually usually how I approach sports, to be honest. I'm usually, like, yes! Every,
3: every so often, Fran's inner top comes out, and it shocks the entire world. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. That was it. Talking
1: about balls is <laughs> my inner top.
0: So... I figured that since one of the taglines of Food for Thought is that you are like NPR, but with poppers, um, that perhaps you all could explain to me why are people into poppers?
3: Oh my God. Okay, wait. I'm going to let Joe talk first on this because Joe is like the popper pusher,
1: yet you spoke first on this.
2: (laughs) This is Dennis's brand. Okay, listen... I mean, Joe I, go. I am, I am a popper aficionado, a popper sommelier, as I like to say, um, poppers are, a, you know, an important part of my sex life, but it's not even always sexual with poppers. I think the reason why I like poppers, it's a, it's a euphoric head high. Wait, can you first so,
0: explain to our listeners
2: Actually, it's interesting. As a scientist, I know certain things. It's supposed to be am- amyl nitriles, amyl nitrites, amyl nitriles, but those are actually illegal in the states. So it's right. butyrol, right. which is a which similar is a chemical. Cleaner, it's it's right? something like no, I don't think it's actually that, but it's d- it's sold as that. Right. You're not allowed to advertise it as a as, so a, people as don't, a. So
0: I should not clean my VHS tapes with poppers
2: y- y'all can't see me because i'm on a podcast but i'm saying you should not clean your air quotes vhs tapes <laughs> that we all still totally have,
0: I have some vhs <laughs> um
2: i wouldn't i wouldn't do that i don't think it's actually would be usable as that but it, you have to sell it as that because you can't sell it as a drug because it's not marketed it's not it hasn't been through all that testing um
0: this it is to that it won't Destroy your brain cells.
2: Yeah, so I—I I mean, I also, being a science nerd, um, researched that, and there isn't a lot of research on it. But my feeling is that poppers have been around for 18 million years, and gay men have been doing them every day for 18 million years, and so there would be. I found that often, research follows anecdotal truths, um, and like you know that cigarette smoking kills people was not a surprise to anyone who had grown up around smokers. And I think that if poppers were really a problem for dementia. We would kind of know because people have been using them for so long, so routinely. Um, but that's, you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm just a different type of doctor. But um, sweetie, poppers are... Um, for someone who's neurotic Mm -hmm. they're the perfect drug Mm -hmm. because they give you a 30 second to two minute high Mm -hmm. Uh, and you can try it and even if you don't like it you're not trapped in we were kind of talking about weed earlier where if you have too much edible and you're trapped in for those of us who are neurotic that can be a really traumatizing experience poppers don't do that to you and it's kind of like you can dose it just by like oh I did a hit of poppers and then if, uh, if the euphoria is not enough I can just do another little hit of poppers so you inhale them you inhale them through your nose and you don't drink them please don't drink them you'll end up at the hospital right? And Joe, um, what is the effect
3: that they have on you? So
2: people typically use them to bottom, to help bottom. They're a muscle relaxant mm. as well as, it, as as creating euphoria. So they, excuse me, they kind of open up all your holes. So if you have pain Ugh. when bottoming and you do a little hit of popper, you can kind of get over that first painful 30 seconds. So you're already in the fun part of the sex. And I do use them sometimes for that. But to be honest... I do poppers at the club it's uh, when you're at the club and you're with a man or your man and there's a good song that comes on and you do a hit of poppers and you grab his ass and make out that is like probably the happiest I've ever been on in life and I don't want to take that joy away from me or anybody I you know poppers are great and it's a little like it's just a two minute thing so it's like that happens and then you're still there afterward. (laughs)
3: Well, so in the first episode of Food for Thought, Joe, because he is the popper pusher extraordinaire, brought poppers and surprised Fran and I by bringing poppers into the studio, and Fran and I tried them. And I have to say that they felt amazing. I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so ready to bottom now." And I, I mean, I always bottom. I do not top.
2: His ass swallowed the chair he was sitting on.
3: Yes. <laughs> Um, it's not quite that flexible, but it can take something generous. And and for those listeners out there, it's important to know that I am wearing a tank top right now that says catcher. Catcher.
1: Um, and I have to say that when I tried poppers, I was like, I'm bored and I have a headache and it just wasn't for me. So for those of you out there, but I love done them. them. i said on the podcast when they tried them those are basically the two responses
2: i have a headache i don't like this this is not for me and this is the best thing ever my boot heels open and i'm happy but regardless of which response you have it it is there and then it kind of goes away
3: but also we need to learn because i still don't know where to get poppers i just
2: call Um, it joe in, in in most of the states i've ever been to any sex shop will sell poppers. They have different ones, so you kind of have to taste the brands that you like. The brands are actually different, uh, and how old they are is actually different. I actually kind of like old poppers. Many people don't. Um, Wait, like I, old
0: like aged like a. Mm-hmm.
2: Aged well, not not, but like a month old. Most people would throw it out, and it actually like is a totally different experience. <laughs> It is, it's like an aged cheddar. A month-old popper is very different than the fresh. Often I've had many people in my life say they don't like the fresh because it's too like it's too much of a body hit immediately. That they never get the euphoria because it's like their body feels it too and it's like a little too jarring. I just found out, and I have yet to try them, that Leatherman here in New York City makes their own poppers. Whoa. And again, as a scientist, someone has actually asked me to make poppers, actually asked me to make ammo poppers because they're not, you can't get them. And I looked up how to do it. Uh, And it is not something that, it's basically meth lab. You need... Like organic chemistry equipment to make them properly. So.
0: So I I love anal sex. Um, <laughs> I know I'm alone here. Yeah, you don't and- have
1: anything in I- common with any of us. <laughs> Not at- welcome to the team.
0: And and uh, and so I. Um, I and maybe because I'm a sex educator and I'm like always like you know constantly like drilling it into basic bitches that they like have to go slow and they have to use lube and they have to like listen to their bodies and like da 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 all of which I'm sure we like all agree on and also like don't tell any beginners but once you get to intermediate sometimes you know you don't actually need to go slower use lube but um, use lube matters
2: yeah it does it matters
0: it it does but so, so but this is this is my question for all of you about poppers which is do you feel like they become a crutch where then you are not actually like listening to your body and maybe like when you're feeling like pain in your butthole that is actually something that you should be listening to and that the right amount of like warm-up and arousal and relaxation and lube actually will will like not like organically help yeah. you to move past that, that point that poppers like just sort of like dynamites through.
2: Um, I, I will say, so I've, I've wondered with, I'm again, come from a family where addiction is an issue. And mm-hmm. so I've, I've wondered about popper addiction. I will sometimes go weeks or months without using them at all. Um, I do think that um, the reason that I'm, I don't worry about, I've, I've had sex where like my booty hole is telling me to stop. And because poppers only last for, you know, a short period of time, you might, you know, the person is, is fucking you or whatever and you've done a popper so you're okay, but it wears off and then you're like, no. And so it doesn't t- – I've never, personally never, because of the popper, pushed past where my body was telling me to go uh, and not known it. Like that it's – it isn't like – well, I don't do a lot of other drugs, but I think mm-hmm. that with certain other drugs that are involved with sex, people have that experience yeah. where they either – Push past where their body wants to know, or they lose inhibitions to the level of not really being able to consent properly. Right. And one of the things I like about poppers is that, for me at least, those aren't issues. Mm. That like it's a super turn on. If I'm feeling meh, it helps get over the initial. But like I'm still very conscious of what my body is telling me. Yeah. You know, kind of immediately thereafter.
0: That's a good answer, Joe. You've you've convinced me. Yeah.
2: I mean, I
3: just did them, and I'm ready. Like I'm sitting, I just arched my back, like I'm
2: crying. Do you want me to get out a butt plug? I have those too.
1: Joe, you can just sit
2: on it for the rest of the conversation.
1: So it's- in the beneath the popper cellar is his butt plug cellar.
0: Got any in chairs? The third in there? tier
1: <laughs> of Joe's sex dungeon.
0: You just, you just have it.
1: Alex is gonna do poppers for
2: the first time She's our producer She doesn't get to be on camera enough She's never. spectacular Camera she's never, she's never done it before So you, you sn- up, close one nostril mm-hmm. And suck in through the other nostril With it right up against How the nostril How hard do
1: I suck in? Hard As Hard
2: you Yeah You'll smell it You'll How feel long, it Just one big One big, big.
1: One
3: big
2: And then you close that nostril And sniff in through the other nostril Yep. There you go. There you go. And then you wait.
3: There
2: she is. And, you, and then you. I actually, am feeling it. And, feel like and awesome.
0: then. <laughs> <laughs> I am ready to get fucked in the ass now. Just watching.
2: Right. How do you How do you feel, honey?
0: <laughs> so. I feel like the she, first, when she, I do nitrous oxide. Do you know out of the balloon? <laughs>
2: That's exactly, yep.
1: Okay. (laughs) I haven't done nitrous in so long. I'm like, wow. (laughs) It does feel good. I love it.
2: She's turned red. She looked at her own hand and then kind (laughs) of
3: giggled. And And then she arched her back. (laughs) Yes, mama.
0: So, Alex, let me ask you a question. Would you consider huffing VHS cleaner before getting fucked in the ass? I'm fresh off the I'm still on poppers right now so <laughs> having said that
1: I yes I would be I would I would advocate that I would do it before anything actually <laughs> like, yeah. folks, I'm gonna be doing poppers before my conference call her next like, PowerPoint <laughs> presentation
0: <laughs> you heard it here like, first <laughs> folks I'm gonna just be in the studio doing poppers the whole time oh God. <laughs> lifestyle choices yes. that's just yes. like
2: on brand as fuck I want that <laughs> life
4: <laughs>
1: Okay, we are bad influences. This is a disaster. We are
0: consenting grown ass adults. Thoughts? right now. I just yeah. spilled the
1: She off. just spilled the kraut all a over. Scientist.
2: I looked up the literature on what it does to your brain. I was like, "But what about my neurons?" I was like, "No, it's fine. It feels great."
0: <laughs> well, just like Butta. We've, we've done, we've done some social science and some, and some research. I'm totally, I'm totally convinced. You've, you're, you're an evangelist.
2: A popper sommelier. <laughs> I'm going to have business cards made.
0: Are y'all ready to move on? Always. Okay. Uh, what I want to know is why are people into nipples? Oh it's just like you're picking,
2: it's just like you're picking all of my fetishes.
0: I mean... I love nipples.
1: They're so pointy, and it's great when they're, like, hairy, and, like, you, like... I don't know. I just, like... I, there's just... Everything about them is just, like, inexplicably wonderful. Wait. So I'm not... Oh, wait, no, Joe. I have
2: a question for Fran first. Fran, are your nipples hairy?
1: Uh, No. Well, they have this really dinky, like... So I, I'm of Latin American, and, and I'm also... And also Spanish heritage. Um And, and I have inherited a relatively hairless body that comes up in these weird patches, so I have like maybe four dinky hairs on my nipples. Can we see? No! No! <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> They're fine. I
3: exposed Fran. We saw. <laughs> it's what I do. I <laughs> um So I was just going to say, this is such an interesting moment for you to ask that question, because I turbo-thoughted this weekend and had two different hookups. One on
2: Friday night and one on Sunday night. And what is interesting is that I didn't Sleep. I To didn't, be honest, that's a medium thotting. Like two in three days is not turbo thotting, Dennis. For my life, it's turbo thotting because I'm a good Christian boy. But my point is
3: on Friday night... Um, this guy and I had, like, hooked up and everything. And then in order for him to come, I was on my knees licking his nipples for, like, three minutes. And he's, like, jerking off. And I don't necessarily have a problem with that. But I was just kind of like, why is this the thing that is getting you to the finish line? Mm -hmm. Like, like, I just – it's – when it's not something that gives you particular sexual pleasure, I feel like you're just sitting there doing it, and you're like, this is kind of a strange thing. Like, this isn't what I so thought I would be doing. You were but the other thing I'll say... I have a question, though, about okay. that.
2: You weren't you weren't getting pleasure from licking his nipples. Minimal pleasure. I mean, it was, the, it was hot because you were getting him off, but not because it was doing anything for you. Right. It doesn't do anything for me.
3: Well, and so then, two nights later, I was hooking up with a different guy, and he started... Um, playing with my nipples and it was so funny because like my nipples are very sensitive so I don't like Mm. someone to play with them too aggressively and I didn't say anything because very often I'm just like not going to say anything I'm just like unless you're really hurting me I'm not really gonna I'm just gonna let you do what you need to do and then we'll move on to something that I like and he stops and he's like oh he's like you he just literally figured out that he was like hurting me and he was like Oh, you could have just said, like, baby, go easy. And that's, like, oh, fine. Right, right, right. Because, like, are I don't... There ways to say it. That there, there are that ways to... There are. I just, off, right, like... Right. I don't know. I, I In that moment, I was like, whatever. But he... Um, he was, like, super into it. And it's not something that does anything for me. Like, that's when people do it with me, either.
2: So I, I have very sensitive nipples. And it definitely is a thing. It's, like, if you want to make me come, it's one of the places where you can go to. And that just will do what needs doing. But I also... I pr- might be the only raise your hand around the room and I will report back to the mic. If you like a little bit of pain in your sex. <laughs> so so, uh, so uh, Oh, actually everyone's hand kinda goes up. I um I love my nipples being played with pleasurably, and I also like totally get off on nipple clamps and oh, wooden um no. peg things, you know, like the clothes liner hanging no. up things. No and, like uh, a little nipple torture. Oh my for. god, no.
3: If people if people nibble my nipples too hard i will lose my erection but the,
2: the thing the thing is dennis is that you have to with i think with pain or with erotic pain it's not like pain i hate pain in any other any other aspect of my life but it's actually as the person who's receiving erotic pain on my nipple or anywhere else i'm actually in control of it and so it actually has helped me deal with pain management in mm-hmm. other areas of my life where i like i become the person who's experiencing the pain and is totally in control of it mm-hmm. and can turn it from something that is awful into something that is actually really erotic and like whether or not it's sexual it's like I it's become something that I really do love so like a nipple clamp um like will also like totally and that dull pain it's like the nipple clamp goes on you're like ah and then 30 seconds later you're like ooh, and then Mm. actually when the pain goes away and Tina I'm sure you can empathize with this when the pain goes away do you miss it
0: so here's the thing I'm gonna I'm gonna take the mic. I'm gonna tell my own story, which is that. Uh, I, so I'm a total sadomasochist. There is lots of pain that I love. My listeners know this very well. Like you can beat my ass black and blue like every day of the week, and I will be like the happiest little thought on the <laughs> block. <laughs> Bye. Um. And in my, in my experience, you know, I mean, I basically, like, when I discovered kink, I was like, I'll try anything twice, thrice, you know. Um, and uh, the first time that somebody put nipple clamps on me, I was like, oh, this is what people who aren't sadomasochistic in any way think of all of the erotic pain that I love because like I anyway like I'm burying the lead here I fucking hate nipple pain I oh my I, god I can't I can't fucking stand it and like wh- like when like that, that feel- oh my god that feeling of like
3: thank you Tina
0: <laughs> of like getting of like wearing nipple clamps and then like having them taken off when that like intense rush of pain of like the blood like rushing back into your nipples is like what the fuck is wrong with you it like makes Mm -hmm. me like a judgmental like horrible like like conservative christian i'm like this is you are mentally ill this is wrong how could you stop it no
3: i am so here for this though because i want to make it clear that i am into sexual pain in other ways Mm. like but nipple pain for me is like really sharp and really painful and i just it does nothing for me. I'm also
0: like a wuss about it. Like the tiniest little bit of, like the tiniest pinch. Yes. I'm like
3: When Joe over here talked about a nipple clamp, I like curled up. I feel like my dick retracted inside no, itself no, no, no. because it... I can't even deal with teeth all the time. Like, like
2: it, 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 it turns into a dull pain for me. And that rushing back feeling, it doesn't actually like, when I take the nipple clamps off, I just miss the like dull pain that I had almost been able to ignore, but just had turned into an erotic feeling.
1: Fran, did you have you have something to say? No, I just took the mic away from Dennis because he kept chewing cheese into the mic. <laughs> At least I wasn't reading Cheryl Strayed. Oh,
2: bitches. They just love each other and hate each other. They really do. The truth is that everyone on Food for Thought really probably just needs to fucking get it over with so we can get all our hatred out. No.
1: Stay tuned. Season two.
2: <laughs> I call Bottom.
0: No kidding. It's
4: not happening. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so but here's the thing about nipples, they're like, you know, it, it's a variety show, right? So like I don't like I don't like nipple pain on myself, but I love torturing the nipples of people who like to have their nipples tortured. FYI. And also, I I mean I love I love nipples, like I love like nipples of people of, of all genders, you know? I love like pink Puffy, like gumdrop nipples, like so much. That is like my fave. Like when you like press on them and they like bounce back. I can, I am, I am,
1: (laughs) I am just, you didn't see it, but Joe just checked to see if he had gumdrop nipples. He doesn't,
0: (laughs) I'd still torture them.
2: God, please
1: okay y'all are high. so romantic right now just corny that's a hallmark card
0: it's true that is a hallmark card. <laughs> um what what else what else do i like about nipples um yeah i mean the idea of like getting my nipple pierced like it makes me want to like like ah. take a toaster into a bathtub at first you know what i mean yes i'm, I'm, I'm like, the
3: same way that scene okay I grew up on Queer as Folk.
4: Okay. Chew your food. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know what, Fran?
1: Chew your food like you chew everything else.
3: I'm going to push chew you the, out the window. Chew the
1: scenery.
0: I'm chew pushing the you out the window.
3: No. Th- so I grew up. I grew up watching Queer as Folk, mm-hmm. and the scene where Justin, the character that I identified with the most at that time in my life,
0: mm-hmm. is he the bottom?
3: Got. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: he's he's the Twinkie bottom. Okay. Who goes to yeah, he's the Twinkie bottom. He's got a lover who's thirteen years older than him. It's all very on brand for me, but Mm -hmm. he's white and blonde and Mm -hmm. I am not. Um, thankfully. What? Mm -hmm. Anyway, um he gets his (laughs) nipples. I mean, white boys are all well and good. I'm just very proud of my brown skin. Um thank you. Um he just he gets his nipples pierced. And for him, it's like this proclamation of him being gay and he's kind of closeted and it's great because he can hide it under his t-shirt. And I just remember watching that and thinking, I will never, Mm. ever do that. Like that show is explicit. It had really great sex scenes and so many things in that show. I remember thinking, oh, I can't wait to try that. I can't wait to try that. Mm. Like when I go to college, like when I'm out of my parents' house,
1: there are so many things I want to try. And I just saw that and I was like, never, Mm. not going to happen. That is like a thing too. Like I feel like actually, I feel like I know a lot of like white people that like get their nipples pierced after some kind of emotional trauma. They're just like, they have like their quarter life crisis and they're like, "Fuck, my boyfriend just broke up with me," or, "I'm gonna go get my nipple pierced <laughs> to like ruin him wrong."
2: I also feel like I mean, it's just I know a lot of people who've done that, but I also know a lot of people who do it just as a thought advertisement. They like, they like yeah. feel like I'm a thought. And one of, it, I feel like it's the new version of a belly button piercing. Whereas in the early... Ooh,
1: she just revealed her <laughs> Tina, belly button it, piercing. Tina just
2: pulled out Tina. her belly button piercing. I feel
0: like... I have very, very, very sexual feelings about my belly button and the belly buttons of others, by the way. Mm.
2: I feel like early in the aughts, a belly button piercing was a way to be like, hi, I would like to get fucked. Yes. And and nowadays with gay men in particular, a uh, nipple piercing is like, yeah, so I'm into some kinky shit.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Does anybody else like belly buttons? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love belly buttons. But one when, when I see a gay man with a belly button ring, I'm usually like, "So you got that when you were 12?" Wait, but but
2: I mean, it's it's that is it belly button when like you push into it, it has an erotic feeling to you, right? Yes. Right. So it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And also, and like push pull, it's all good. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, but with ga- I just, I'm saying with gay men, it's very different than like with when women get it. In my opinion, like I do feel no, like no, no, I think it's the same. It says fuck me. <laughs>
0: Never mind. Um, I mean, it is a a very like, actually, a lot of the time people are surprised to find out that I have my belly button pierced because it is like sort of basic bitch girly and people, (laughs) you know, that's like not what people usually associate with me.
2: I was just going to say, it's the same genre as a lower back tattoo.
3: Mm, yeah. I campaigned hard to both get a lower back tattoo and a belly button piercing when I was in high Surprising school. Surprising no one. <laughs> and I am so, I mean, no offense to anyone with any of them, but I'm so grateful that my parents did not, were just like, that can't happen. Like, I, can, I was going to ask who you campaigned to. You were campaigning for, to your parents to get this? Somehow, yes. I tried my parents, and then I tried... <laughs> The other parents at my skating rink who were super supportive when I was like coming out because my family was so conservative. I was yeah, I would be like, I'd be You're like, like, trust would me, you it's a gay please
4: thing. Please
3: get me this belly button, like just sign the thing, please. Obviously they didn't. Yes, that's like the it's like the baddest thing I ever did in high
2: school. No, did they have no. Tattoo, I was too did scared. Did they have a tattoo parlor in the basement of the Town Mall? That <laughs>
3: Um, They did, actually. It was called Claire's, and oh, they no. gave bad tattoos.
0: I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Wait, did they give tattoos at Claire's?
1: Okay, for con—, con- they're-, they're not supposed to. Mm. Context for the listeners of— Why are people into that? <laughs> Dennis lost his— Well, not pe- not per- penetrative virginity, but virginity in our eyes in the basement of the Parmatown Mall in a furniture store um, in Ohio. Oh. Levin Furniture, yes, in Parma,
4: Ohio.
0: <laughs> D- waiting, I realize into um, problematic territory, um, but I think that you guys can like put on your galoshes and wade into problematic territory with me, right? Okay. Hell yeah, that's <laughs> what we do.
1: We love our galoshes.
0: So, how would you answer the question, "Why are people into virgins"?
1: <laughs> who who has the mic? Because it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> virgins
0: virgins okay right. wait let's go around the room and say how many virgins we have all had sex with
1: well as a virgin <laughs> um <laughs>
0: so every time you sleep I with
4: yourself <laughs>
2: <sighs> every time he sleeps with someone else it's as a virgin which has
1: been about <laughs> 37 and a half times <laughs> um so yeah to get mine out of the way i've never slept with a virgin um so yeah right. it's it's same never it's mm. not something that personally appeals to me. Uh, so uh, I'm not sure how I can tap into it. I think that there is, I think that people who are super into twinks mm. in the gay community might be into virgins, but that's not 100%, you know, overlapping. I don't know.
3: Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Well, so I, as we've talked about plenty of times already tonight, I exclusively bottom, And so I've also never This is Dennis, t-
2: surprising no one.
3: <laughs> uh. <laughs> um. Yeah, and so I've actually also never slept with a virgin, um, which doesn't mean that I wouldn't be open to it. It's just not presented itself as an opportunity. But what's interesting, and we also talked about this in the first episode of Food for Thought, is that I actually held on to my anal virginity until I was 27 yes. years old. And that was a really challenging thing because um, I like held on to it through college. There wasn't a big gay community at my college. and, and then You
2: said people refused to sleep with you because you were a virgin. Yeah.
3: So when I graduated college, I lived in Philadelphia for um, two years, and- actually I dated plenty of guys but I would usually reveal to them at a certain point like oh by the way like I've actually never had sex and I just felt like that was an honest thing to do and um I was dating guys around my age and like many of them were like oh oh that's a lot of pressure and like I'm not interested in you anymore like you should go get that taken care of as though it were chlamydia (sighs) And then like we can deal with each other later. And so then I went through graduate school and then I moved to New York City. And when I moved to New York City, it was very interesting because I was 26 when I finished graduate school and moved into the city and I started dating like consistently older men. And when I would tell them that I was a virgin, they were all about it.
2: And it did not last for that much longer, Mm -hmm. but they were all about it. It's interesting. I feel like I've also never slept with a virgin. Mm -hmm. The person I lost my virginity to was not a virgin. I've not knowingly slept with a virgin because you actually don't know the the sexual history of the people you're sleeping with sometimes. So maybe it could be the case. I have, though, done kind of losing virginity role plays, Mm
0: -hmm. both
2: as the virgin and as the person doing it. So I kind of get what's erotic about it.
0: Tell us about it, Jim. And I think
2: that it is – I think Dennis kind of has a point that, to me at least, it's a thing – and there are many things that are this way that is almost hotter as a fantasy than absolutely.
4: as, yeah, absolutely. than
2: as like a lived reality. Cause like, I'm not going to be worried about clean, cleaning up blood off of the sheets. Like I'm not going to be worried about traumatizing, like I, all of that pressure that Dennis is talking about. I mm-hmm. think it's real. It's like, I, yeah. uh, one of the reasons why I, through my early 20s was actually really <clears throat> it was hard for me to have sex because every time I had sex, I felt all this pressure. And I don't feel that way anymore as an adult person, so I get to enjoy it. So I feel like you know, when you're sleeping with a virgin, it kind of brings up a lot of those issues, and I would have a hard time doing that kind of knowing that this person's gonna remember this experience for the rest of their life. But playing mm-hmm. but playing it mm-hmm. is fucking amazing because you get yeah. to kind of step into the role of either being having never been quote-unquote defiled or defiling someone for the first time. And those those are just fun... Those are hot nuances. Experiences to step into if if but for a moment, right? And so I'm definitely the type of person who, you know, can have a partner and have been with the same person for, you know, a year, two years, three years, and still, like, to, you know say shove a head in a pillow and be like you're a dirty slut even though I know the person isn't right? right uh so those roles can be really just fun to take on and and the notion of being someone's first the first dick that they ever had or the first ass that they ever had ooh, it's just fun to be kind of that that memorable person without actually having to take on that fucking pressure of actually having to be that person's first dick or ass well, I mean, the gays like theater, but
3: I think it's really interesting to, and it, maybe it's just my own self-selecting um, experiences because I am a bottom and I don't think anyone ever meets me and thinks that I'm like a top, but I feel like there's a certain genderization to you it as top, well. I could be a top I mean, and be I could, a virgin. I, you could be a top and be a virgin. I have not encountered one in my life, but I feel like there's a certain, I mean, in my life since I've been having sex- uh, except maybe maybe like str- I like, actually
2: wonder as again as a scientist who thinks about numbers a lot if you were to calculate the median age of loss of virginity as, as a bottom and as a top I wonder if the numbers would be different I think yeah I think that's a really interesting
3: point I just sort of feel like sometimes that conversation even in the gay community is a little bit gendered too there's like gendered nuances to I the whole like virginity we, versus not virginity we thing. try to
2: hold especially like I definitely tried to hold on to be like my penetrative virginity longer than I d- I care. I would fuck someone more easily than I would be fucked. Yeah. And I would say like w- in my early 20s when I was dating, I would be like, "Oh, I'll fuck whomever, but I don't let any just anybody fuck me." And all of that is yeah. absolutely gendered and is absolutely yeah. misogynistic and is absolutely fucked up, right? So it's like yeah. I- absolutely, absolutely. And I
3: think that's a common thing. Like I just I like like as a gay man living in New York City now, I've been around plenty of gay men Um, All of whom have been exclusively tops who are very attracted to the idea of sleeping with a virginity. And I have not ever yet encountered another man who is more like exclusively a bottom who's super into sleeping with virgins. And that includes me when I was a virgin. I did not want my first time to be with another virgin because I was just thought two of us not knowing what we're doing. When you're, like, that's a disaster. That's a, a pen-
4: shit show. <laughs> the
2: stereotype is when you're a penitent partner, what you want is experience. And the stereotype is when you're a virgin, you're going to come fast you're not going to be able to control it. So, mm-hmm. like, as a bottom, you're going to want someone who does have experience and knows how to control themselves and knows how to show you exactly yeah. what you need doing. And that right? is
3: exactly what I
1: wanted.
0: And I got it, too. Why are people into piss play?
1: Joe can tell you,
0: <laughs> because
1: uh, um, Dennis and I have both never tried piss play before. Oh, God, it's something you that I—it's p- something that I personally. Definitely. Fran is personally not. I know. Let's do it. Um. Fran is personally not. Uh, I'm not like against the idea of piss play. It's just something that has never been presented to me before. Where Dennis is, a, a, I think a little more weary. But I know Joe is the the resident. I, y-
2: y'all are just calling me out as the turbo thought amongst the thoughts. Okay. Everything is like where is the lie? Piss play, Joe. <laughs> like, <laughs> God, <laughs> fuck. I have a fucking reputation to maintain as a uh, fucking as a turbo thought. Sorry. Yeah. Everybody. Uh, we just tell the
3: truth.
2: I do. <laughs> I do. Uh, I do. I do like this play. Um, and again, I told the story this this last episode of Foo for Thought," which was that the first time it happened was an accident. Uh, I was dating a boy, who ended up being crazy for totally other reasons. But we had great sex, uh, and we had been out all night. And I think he also might have been an alcoholic. But we had out been we had been out all night drinking. We had been drinking beer, and we were on the train home. We both really had to piss. Really, I mean, just like that train having to... But then we got home, and immediately we started hooking up. And we got in the shower. So we were just hooking up in the shower, both having to piss. I think he might have been into it and engineered this situation. But we were both hard in the shower, and we both just started to piss organically. That's
0: that's impressive.
2: And um, what I didn't realize is that as someone with a penis, when my penis is hard... It's hard to piss, and so it actually felt orgasmic. It was like it was like I was peeing, and he was peeing on me, and it felt warm and lovely. But like it felt like an orgasm that lasted the entire two minutes that I was peeing. Like a low grade, it was like fifteen percent of an orgasm that lasted, you know, however many times longer than an orgasm would, and it was it wasn't about power it wasn't about humiliation it wasn't about dumb something it was just like holy shit that actually feels really nice in my body and it feels really nice to have someone's like warm body fluids on me i also love cum so like piss to it didn't feel that different than cum and it felt hot when i was doing it myself
0: I was um, so I just did an episode with the poet Jenny Zhang um, about Mm -hmm. uh, love her. Oh, you 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 guys will love this episode. Us literary
1: Um, hosts just love her.
4: Yeah, she's
0: she is amazing. Um, and her first book is or her first uh, fiction book is coming out Sour Heart. Um, in a couple of months, but um, so we did wire people into fluids, and we were talking about piss, and I was I was describing. um,
2: Tina writes so many amazing stories. At essay, but stories about piss and it's just like i just am picturing her with like another woman's piss dripping out of her mouth from one of her stories it's incredible it like clearly is something you return to again and again in your art
0: in my art <laughs>
2: in the art <laughs> this,
0: this, is, wink, wink. this is this is what happens when you're a nonfiction writer and you have and you have and you have queer writer family and they just like I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess you do know about that already. <laughs> anyway, what I, was, what I was saying when Jenny Zhang and I were talking about um, uh, piss and cum was that, like, it, it's kind of like um, like a slushy machine where you get, like, different flavors, like, coming out of the same fountain, you know? <laughs>
1: I always say it's like switching lanes in traffic. <laughs> oh, that's what
3: you said during that episode, right? I really like that, Fran. I really like yeah. that. Yeah. I don't know if I can handle it. Like I but then there's a part of me that thinks that maybe I would love it because I also love cum.
0: I also just like love pissing where i'm not supposed to at like i'm the i'm the kind of person like we were talking about hiking earlier i'm the kind of person that like will be on a hike and we'll just be like hey i like have got to pop a squat and like pull over to the side of the road and piss in the dirt and someone will be like there is there is a bathroom right just, there, like, right there. <laughs> there's a but, toilet right there but i just i love pissing outside i love like pissing in the dirt i love like uh you know so so that that but is Tina, like isn't
2: isn't so much of queerness about about bodies and boundary breaking yeah like sure. even and anal, yeah
0: being transgressive even anal
2: sex is about like this is a hole that shit comes out, literally shit comes out of yeah and yeah. there is nothing that's more intimate and more more erotic than and and part of knowing that like this is a fluid or a hole that is meant to be refuse and i'm using it for my mm-hmm. erotic pleasure is it part of the erotic pleasure absolutely so it's like well,
0: yeah i, I mean it 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 does i mean i do feel that there is like a liberatory potential yeah. to undermining the systems there's, of oppression that taboo. tell us that this part of your body is filthy this thing that and you want to do is filthy you are filthy yeah exactly it's, it's a
2: taboo and so it's like it's like finding pleasure in something that you've been told your whole life is meant to be refuse
0: right is and then you're meant to That is like meant to be like sharing something that is like meant to be private. That's exactly uh, right. Like like transforming, transubstantiating like something that is like supposed to that you're that you're supposed to like. Be ashamed of. So that like, oh, Into something pleasurable, into something that creates intimacy.
2: Like a higher proportion of queer people are into piss play. Uh, shocking no one. Because yeah. it's like we are into things that kind of are about breaking down the boundaries between what we do in private and what we do in public, or what we're we just, do with or our Or we're bodies. just
0: prepared to try. Try Because... Shit. We, you know, all of this Fran is of
2: a trisexual <laughs>
0: <laughs> You know, we're because we've been Because we've been told that like so many things That that feel natural <laughs> to us Are wrong And, that we, and we've realized what, what bullshit that is yeah. So we're like, well, wait a minute Like, what else is bullshit? Yeah, yeah Turns out oh. all of it All so of it's, it's bullshit
3: <laughs>
2: It's like Someone has to pee on me before the recording is over <laughs>
3: It's, I mean, it's sort of like... I'll I, do it because I really have to pee. <laughs> I was going to say, it's going to be this bitch over here. When I was a freshman in college, that was my first exposure also to Margaret Cho. And I remember um, I went to the college bookstore and I bought the DVD, The Notorious CHO. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was being very transgressive. You were. And you were. I like played you it were. that night. And she talked about how the simple fact is that, you know, for gay people we're oppressed for who we like to fuck. Mm-hmm. So once we get over that fear, we're going to throw our heels up and fuck and have a good time. And Word. that's like exactly where I was at that moment and like where I was wanting to go. So it was exactly what I needed to hear because it was the beginning of me unlearning a lot of the sex shaming that like many people who grew up in religious homes
1: I grew up with. I, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree with that. I think queer people have a certain like threshold and they're like, oh fuck it. Like it's kind of, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's yeah. kind of like when you, you, your iPhone is at like is, <laughs> it's dying your iPhone is dying and then the, no seriously and then the iPhone with you, with you, listen with you, no you. seriously and then the iPhone gets at like two percent you're like oh fuck it and you just like open every I single will app apps. I will scrub. every single will app yeah every single it. thing that eats all of your data and battery you're like fuck it you fucking
4: fucking. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: And then you realize, wait a minute, everything that I've ever learned about what sucks on my data was a lie.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't. Those things are true. (laughs) 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 Supuku suicide, that shit.
3: This is so true. Well, I have one sort of quick story about Piss Play. I have not really ever been involved in real Piss Play. But what I will say is that um, two Christmases ago, I was home in Cleveland. And the night before I was flying back to New York, I, like, was, like, I need some dick. And so I had been chatting with this guy in Grinder. So I went to his place, and in the middle of driving to his place, there was a, like, citywide blackout, right? So I'm, like, driving, and there's, like, no working streetlights or anything. And I get to his place, and it turns out that he, like, he still lives, he was, like, 25 maybe, and he, like, still lived with his, like, parents and his family and whatever. But he had the whole, like, first floor of this, like, like, basically, like, a brownstone like house. So we're down there and we're fucking and then I have to pee because I was I had been drinking. Mm. And um I think the first time he like I like went to the bathroom and then the second time he wanted to keep fucking. So he literally moved the couch, opened the window and like he's darker skinned than me and he's fucking me and I have to let my erection go down so I can pee out the window and there's a blackout while he's fucking, while he's fucking oh, me Dennis. and there's a blackout and a cop car Drives right by, can't see us at all, and then he recorded it on his phone. It was so
0: hot. That is a beautiful Story. Thank you. Are you a writer? Thank
4: you. Can we?
3: Can Thank we, we upload
2: the video to foodforthoughtpodcast.com?
0: Wait, but if there was a blackout, how did you see? How can you see well, anything in the Well, that's why the video
3: really kind of didn't work very well. You couldn't really see anything. But it would
0: be perfect for the podcast. It would be amazing if you put that out. <laughs> yes. Instagram, that shit. What? No. That's not going to be in our newsletter. <laughs> So, but, uh, you know, I mean, I do think that another element of piss play um, for some people is um, either, like, um, like, if you're so, so fucking obsessed with somebody that, like, it's kind of like what you were saying, Joe, that, like, even the parts of them that are, like, supposed to be disgusting all of a sudden are, like, arousing and beautiful mm-hmm. um to you and that and you oh, just want to like revel in it and you just want to soak in it
2: with someone that i like sexually or my partner i absolutely i, I ask them to not shower before we fuck oh, around yeah. Oh, yeah. i'm like i would like your refuse i want to jerk off with your dirty underwear i want you to piss on me in the shower, like. I want every last iota of your body and your being that I could possibly have.
0: Oh, so in, beautiful.
4: And
1: what will be a very France statement? I would love for diptyque, the bougie, bougie candle company to make a candle dedicated to that sweet crotch smell. Oh yes! Like that would, be, I would buy, I would spend $65 on that diptyque candle can it be personalized though can it be like mm. you know <laughs> like yeah, like, <laughs> like sweet Joe's sweet crumpet wait there has to be a market for that it's we well, should it's capitalize a, it's a, absolutely it's
0: a really it's a really good idea i mean you could have like you could, you know, do what they do with flashlights, where it's like uh, modeled after porn stars um, and their scents. But right, also, yeah. you could do ones that are bi- th- that are like supposedly. Like, I mean, they have the like kit. George Clooney scent, right? Well, they or have like- the
2: kit where you where you can make a, a mold out of your own dick and make right. a dildo out of that. I've done that for two different people in my life <laughs> at different points. Uh, and so yeah. that sounds expensive. It's yeah. not. It's like eighty dollars, which for a dildo, for that a good dildo, sense. dildos are expensive. <laughs> <laughs> dildos are expensive is it,
0: do, is it yeah. silicone? uh it
2: silicone is it is not but you you what you do is you i mean <laughs> they give you the mold and then you send the mold in and they make the dildo from the mold that you make from your hard dick right it's really lovely but like t- doing that with musty dick scent yes
0: it's a really i good just
3: idea. i i want to be the dissenting opinion and say that as gay as i am as much as i love burying my face in a man's dick and balls I don't love the musty scent and I wish it weren't there and I get embarrassed when I have it and a few times I've had men be like oh I'd rather Dennis, if you weren't super clean have you ever been in love? <laughs> that is up. That is genuinely up for debate then that's why uh, yeah but I just don't like the funk I don't like the well, funk I'm sorry listen, I don't like listen, the funk
0: listen that's more funk for us <laughs> Yes.
3: Take all the. Fu- I have had men on Grinder be like, be like, I just came We've from the gym. The do you want, <laughs> do you want me to come straight over? Do you want me to shower? And I'm like, shower, please, and don't forget your
1: deodorant. Oh. Dennis is like, I'll sell my funk on oh. eBay.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> like, let me sixty dollars a pop on eBay. L- let me ask you guys what uh, has become one of my favorite questions to ask, which is, why do you think that like this idea of like sniffing underwear like sniffing dirty underwear is considered so pervy because to me because to me I'm like okay if if you're somebody who if you're somebody who loves pussy then why is it so like weird and perverted that you would want like pussy encrusted panties in your face if you're someone who is obsessed with dick why would you not want a used jockstrap because Because germs because germs (laughs) because
4: germs
2: Dennis says because germs and he's wrong and an idiot (laughs) like it's there's no it is
0: like what if it was like just in front of your face? Like the germs are not gonna like leap off the I think, jock strap I think, into your mouth.
2: Listen, Tina, I think that there there are
0: Also, like, wait, I'm sorry. Why how is it how is it different than actually having a dick a in dick, your mouth? A
2: literal dick in your mouth. I think there are there are different types of people, and this is something that I talk about a lot yeah. in my book, This is Joe, forthcoming, twenty eighteen, <laughs> sibling rivalry press. There pre order. There is a a big difference between people who want a sanitized body Mm. because that is what they feel like they can have transactional pleasure with. And I don't, I don't mean to sound judgmental. um, But I was in a relationship for a long time with a person who had, who was, was basically addicted to hookup sex. Mm. And so what he needed in order to get off was to have transactional body and transactional Mm -hmm. bodies. You can ask to come and to be clean and to not have any smells and to not shit on your dick and then to leave. Right. Right. And, uh, when you have a boyfriend, that's not what happens right. because sometimes when you have a boyfriend, you'll spend some time with them and then you'll want to hook up and then their body is going to smell like a body and their butthole might have shit in it. And the things that you do with that person might lead to smells and bodily experiences.
0: And, and you might have an association with those smells and body body experiences with Germs, probably the kind of germs right. you are talking about, or With maybe the more or, or or the more intense germs of STIs
2: or STIs, or, which is
0: which is totally fallacy. The idea that like somebody who right, is right, stinky right, 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 is right. dirtier and therefore more likely to infect right, right, right. you is totally so I think magical thinking. I don't, I don't mean to and ju- not the good kind of To judge
2: thinking. what anyone uses to get their rocks off, but to me, I think the reason why I love musty smells and intimacy. And and the piss and that the literally I will lick your body when you have not showered uh, is because I love intimacy. And yeah. to me, intimacy gets my rocks off. And so, uh, yeah, I, I just think that it's about what what relationship do you have to the bodies that you're sleeping with? I just think I
3: have a very active gag reflex for everything other than when I'm like giving a blowjob. Like, I will throw up. Like, I just, like, I don't like funk. I don't like but funk. that
2: speaks to taboo. I mean, gag is, like, literally, like, the taboo. It's, like, what makes you gag is not physical. It's cultural.
0: Well, and also... That's fair. And also the, the like, biological imperative of disgust and repulsion right like we're disgusted by rats because they could give us the plague right we're disgusted by shit so that we don't eat it which is a good taboo right like that's a good that's a that's a good taboo I'm not saying that I disapprove of transgressing it but you know you're making a risk-aware assessment and there's a difference between making a risk-aware assessment of transgressing the shit taboo between like licking someone's asshole versus like you know going going further I mean, I,
2: there was a time when Fran uh, had a specific uh, disease.
1: From oh <laughs> my God, Joseph, from, uh, Joseph, <laughs> uh, Joseph you just come situation. Thank you for blowing the punchline to my story. The punchline is <laughs> I did a, a lot of analingus and I got Giardia <laughs> the next week. It's not that funny. It is that funny. Giardia is one of those not funny viruses. I mean, it's not funny to have, but it is funny as shit to talk about. Thank you, Joseph. I appreciate you bringing that to light. You
0: know what? Is and that's
1: th- the kind of friend
3: Joe Osmondson is.
0: You guys. He will laugh you guys, at you to in tell those you. moments. I have, I have something to tell you next on my list is, why are people into rim jobs? Ah!
1: Yes. This, this is a really great topic because some of us, oh. I'm looking at Dennis right now have mm-hmm. never given real analingus before. But it feels, that shit feels amazing. It feels amazing to receive. It feels amazing to do. Well, that's, but that's the thing is that I personally, I'm one of those people that loves giving a rim job. Like, yeah, I same. love to get in there. But, mm. I mean, sometimes it's just not for people's sense of funk, would you say, <laughs> Listen listen, one time I was doing like some
3: kind of project my sophomore year of college and I happened to trip on like like in the woods and like fall and my hand Wait, like, by
0: some kind of project do you mean a blowjob? No or? no 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 okay. this isn't sexual. <laughs> okay. My my
3: point is I like I actually like we were filming a video for my like college a cappella groups like video that we did in the show. And but yeah, gay, gay as fuck, as nerdy as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, no, my hand fell and landed in some dog shit because we had an open campus and people walk their dogs, and I had to walk probably fifteen hundred feet to get to a building where there was a bathroom where I could wash my hands, and I vomited twice on the way. Like I just could not deal with that. And yeah, so but I you say that you also
0: are not going to stick your face in a dog's butthole. No, <laughs> no
3: but there's the possibility of sticking Nor my face in a dog's butt mean, hole. In, an, in a mean, person's that. asshole, and
0: I. I mean, maybe you, th- maybe if you were, maybe if you like found true love. No, love with that no, dog,
3: no, that's not going to happen. I don't usually talk about that's BCL. That's not going to happen. Why but, are people into that? <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a good one to discuss though. But my point is that I am a person, I am a bottom who loves to receive Wait, rim Dennis, jobs.
0: Are you bottom? <laughs> what?
3: I, I love to receive rim jobs. And
0: let me ask you a question. Does that make you feel like less of a bottom? Wait, what? When you're receiving a rim job?
3: No, less of a bottom. Wait, why would it make me feel less of a bottom receiving a rim job? I'm.
0: Well, because isn't it isn't it more of a bottomy thing to give a rim job?
3: So this is a very interesting thing. This is actually a very interesting conversation. I
0: mean, I mean, let let, let me just say that like with the like the straight sex. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like when it comes to oral the like sort of mo uh the the most like conventional like configuration is that like the person that you know there's like a person perform why am I getting tongue-tied talking about oral sex the uh the person who is like giving the blow job or eating the pussy is the submissive and uh, or the bottom and the person who is receiving the oral sex is the top. I will say, the Tina, uh,
2: the, I think gay porn subverts that. Mm. Man-on-man porn subverts that because the recipe for a man-on-man porn that is one-on-one is making out, bottom gives blowjob, top eats bottom ass.
0: Oh, d- like it's a to, preparation. To, wet
2: it, to like
1: wet it up, to right. wet it up, and then top fucks bottom. Yeah, in the gay community, the bottom just wants everything on their butthole. They just, they just want to like, fucking Listen, host their. Listen, you guys
0: are talking to me like this is something that <laughs> I've never <laughs> been exposed. I to. I know, right? What and I'm trying to, say,
1: what okay. I mean to say is like, is like Dennis would like fucking host his quinceañera on his butthole. Like, he... <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh my god, that's so and true, will, but it's also a spectacular butthole. But, I but will
2: say, s- and I will say before you go, Dennis, okay. that, um. Men who are tops and who are exclusive tops are often tops out of some fucked up sort of Mm -hmm. like I don't do anything around my butthole. Mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not a faggot like that. Mm -hmm. Like I'm so so I feel like the issue is often more with tops and with bottoms where it's like they don't want they don't want a finger in there. They don't want a tongue near there. That is that makes them too vulnerable in a way. It's I had I had a hookup one time. Who was with a, um, a boy who was like, I'm a top, 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 top. I'm a top. And I, the, long story short, we, we get to his house. We're rolling around on the bed, hooking up. This was like 10 years ago. I just was like, I'm just curious as a verse person. I like wet my finger. I go back there. I literally just put a wet finger around the booty hole of this person who had said, I'm a top, 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 top. He came. I mean, but not even not 10 seconds later. Like not I bad. put my wet finger on his asshole and he came.
0: I mean, the most uh, nerve endings are just right around there. They the are outside. right there. It yeah. is
3: so true, and that's why I love bottoming. Well, but so this is what I was going to say. It's very interesting in our conversations because I'm the only one of us, I think, sitting here who like doesn't consider myself verse at all. Like mm-hmm. I'm a total bottom, and I love receiving analingus. I have never really given analingos. I had one guy ask me one time and I didn't do it. And this is the thing. It's easy for me to get away with that because a lot of the men that are interested in me because I'm so much more femme presenting are men who are tops. Um, and, and they have some of that thinking that Joe is talking about. And so they are very happy to spend an hour eating my ass out. And they don't want me coming anywhere near their asshole, which is fine with me because I don't really want to come anywhere near their asshole. Although for a relationship, it might be tough because I would maybe be curious to try some stuff like in that setting. But um, the point is, I think it's very interesting because people sometimes react with a lot of surprise when I say I love receiving um analingus i made a rule for 2017 i would no longer fuck men who don't do who won't eat my ass out i just won't do it like i've had men approach me and they're like no i don't want to because some men don't want to do it and i'm just like fuck you then i'm not we're not sleeping together and but i have no i have no problem it's not difficult for me to get that and to get laid and not have to eat out other men's asses
1: but in the logic of your own rule Someone should reject you yes. from sex for not eating assholes because you will never eat an asshole. They probably should, but I would be open to it if I am in a relationship. Dennis is saving that for marriage. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's saving it for the right guy.
0: And a five carat diamond. So, of those of you who like to eat ass, don't you just, I mean, it's like, it's about the butthole. But it's like also about just like the the like juicy butt in your face, isn't it? I mean it. I mean it's for me. I mean I'm like lay me on the back on the bed and like like back it onto me like a truck, you know? Like I just want I just want like I just want to like get my face in there.
1: As someone who doesn't have a butt, I really appreciate butts. Yes, this is me. Hi, Fran. Hello from. From Food for Thought podcast, <laughs> <laughs> slide into the DMs. <laughs> um, I, I think uh, a very bubble butt is like the one of the biggest turn ons, if not if not the biggest turn on next to really great eyebrows. Uh,
4: <laughs> Listen, I have
1: both. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, Dennis. Like you need, you need. No, I mean, I, I, I don't. That's not a fault. I what I'm trying to say is like I need like thick ass. Eyebrows, like the fucking Let's get back Gallagher to, eyebrows? You know, can we get, like can fucking we get caterpillar at a ad- so back. Saying
0: thick thick butt, thick, thick eyebrows. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it, that is my ideal man. It's like the thickest butt and the thickest eyebrows you've ever seen. I have
2: to say, when it comes to analingus, and this is like this is why I am just the person that I am. This is Joe. Uh I love a butt but mostly i love the pleasure that it gives the other person mm-hmm. i love the taste like i love that kind of like butt taste but it's mostly like if i am down there and the, yeah and that dri- the fact that you're driving them crazy and you're doing this thing is very intimate to them that is what that's why that's why i'm down there for and i am the other half of that
1: i am the person who loves to receive and doesn't is I think of the second person. Second, <laughs> surprising no one, Fran and I agree about nothing.
3: <laughs> and I'm just here to say that when Joe talked about getting down and dirty and into it, I threw up a little in my mouth. Oh, uh, I, I, because I don't, because I, I, don't want to do it.
0: I mean, there are plenty of squeaky clean people that would be very compatible with you. Yeah. I, mean, I know. I still don't be think squeaky I'd clean. Eat I like know I it can
3: I work very hard to make
2: sure that mine is. I just like. I like. Usually, I'm sleeping with the person that I like. I agree that if I don't know the person, that I usually like it to be clean. But if I'm sleeping with the person I like, I would like it to taste buddish.
1: And meanwhile, Dennis puts his hookups through the fucking turtle wax. of like <laughs> I
3: also put triple myself bubble. through
1: the turtle wax,
3: okay? Like, I work... I literally like. So- <laughs> there have been a few times where I have hooked up and like, it, like I hadn't had the chance to shower beforehand, and then they go down there to eat it out, and I, I have to spend the first minute getting over myself, being like, I'm so yeah. sorry that it's not can, perfectly can we talk clean about and I doesn't this is actually, smell like lavender. This triple actually, bubbles,
2: triple shine. This is actually good say. for the audience. Is how when you don't feel clean mm-hmm. as the person who's about to get eaten out, mm-hmm. how you deal with that. And I have a strategy that I've dealt with over the last <laughs> 10 years. Sure, yes. Go for it, Dr. Joe. Dr. Where. where So if I know that my booty hole is maybe not the cleanest, Mm. like I just, I'm not fresh out of the shower. Mm. I am not ready to be eaten. I'm going to do a thing. So if you try to go down there, my first impulse is going to just a a double tap on the shoulder and just, just a slight push away. Mm. Right. And so that's me saying, maybe this is not the best time. Mm. And then if you go back again, so if I push you away gently and you come back in, whatever you find down there. Is sort of on you. <laughs> so then I throw my legs up and I'm like, all right,
1: man, enjoy. <laughs> Mine is much less sexy than that. I'm just like, so I haven't showered. There might be poo down there. <laughs> I am with Fran.
3: I will tell you directly. Um... I can't vouch for the the full state of
2: cleanliness. Yes, but down like, there, but like and I apologize. The double tap on the shoulder and the slight push away is like a sexier really grown version th- of that. It's really I mean, sexy. I think,
0: I think it is very grown to be very clear in your communication. <laughs> but I have to say that because it's my brand. <laughs> I think we all know that sometimes the the double tap is um sufficient. This ship
1: is
4: lonely.
1: Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
4: Lovers are cold on the phone.
2: The mood out in the hall ain't fantastic feel static, not dramatic.
0: All right. Are you guys, have you guys had enough rosé to answer the question, why are people into race play? Oh. Because I know, I know that, I know that you all, you all talk very critically that and is openly about. It's so hot in here.
2: I mean, I have had lots of experience of people being, wanting to be into race play, Lo- I mean, like more than I can even say. So this is Joe. I am white. I am so visibly white from a mile away. Um, and most of not just the not the people that I date, but most of my community, most of the people who I'm friends with, are people of color. So I, back in the day before it closed, used to go to Secret, which was a black gay bar. Um, and I would just be there, kikiing with my friends, having a good time. I, I had so many people come up to me and be like, I just want to abuse that white ass, right? Uh, and it always made me shut down. Mm. It just, it was not. And to this day, like I sleep with people, and most of them are people of color, but I get it is like Dennis's sort of sh- shut it down, dick resins into body when I feel like it's a fetish. Mm. Or, and I am so into role play in so many different aspects of my life, but around race, I cannot. And again, Tina, uh, Tina has this amazing essay, if you all haven't read it, it's on the rumpus, about um, erotic irony. And about why people are into things and why people, why in certain ways you can get um, erotic pleasure from playing a role that might subjugate you in real life. Uh, and Why it's,
0: sometimes bad is good and good is bad. Right and when it comes w- to sex, basically. So
2: in so many aspects of my life, uh I can embrace that. I am a person who flips the line between feminine and masculine. And I totally have had amazing sex where I am femme and being punished for that. Mm. And that is that erotic irony where I really actually feel the sexiest and the femest in that role. Mm. Uh, I have never had that experience around race. Uh, and I don't, I, I understand why people w- might feel that way in the same way that I feel about gender. Mm. Uh, but personally, it's. It, I think because, again, I'm a white person and I, uh, my whole life is built around racial justice and people of color, um, I don't feel comfortable making that a game for me.
0: That was very well said.
2: I
3: love Joe for that, and I appreciate so much of that because a lot of that is sort of similar to how I feel. Um, This is Dennis. I am Black. So, (laughs) (laughs) some of my that's important to clarify in this conversation. Um, But it's interesting when it comes to like race, like intentional race play, it's also something that I not only do I like struggle with that, although I have never actually had someone really approach me. and specifically, I've had people approach me before wanting me to be a dominant top.
0: <laughs> I know that's how I feel.
3: That is how. So Joe just erupted in high pitched laughter, and I understand because that's how I feel whenever. This is Not right now, y'all. <laughs> like, I, that's the then, only part of me that tops. And
2: the <laughs> shirt that says pitcher
3: catcher. It says catcher. Catcher. catcher sorry. I'm Hello. Confused. Um, I'm not trying to be ironic. I want to be very clear. But that, so that actually happens to me, like, that actually happens once in a while and I just sort of think that's absurd because I'm like, are you, like, 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 what are your abilities here? Can you see me? Can you hear me? Can you, like, like, what's, what's going on? But that's beside the point because, but that happens but I don't think much of it because I just think that's ridiculous. Um, But sometimes I feel like like I'm sometimes aware of the fact. Sometimes appearances
0: can be deceiving. Dennis. Sometimes
3: appearances can be deceiving. I Somet- try to be
0: straightforward. Sometime- sometimes people surprise you.
2: I actually am super, super turned on by really femme tops. This is Joe. Joe Surprising loves no this. one. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's why Joe's so hot for me. Because <laughs> I'm a super femme top. <gasps> is he? He? Yeah. 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 Um but
3: i sort of i'm always aware and always cuz I, I do like sleep with and date a fair amount of white men which um can get really tricky no one. surprising no that's one. its own problem
4: well, that another episode
3: that's its own thing but um i always feel like there are intentional racial nuances and dynamics to that anyway so it's very interesting like i um like I do tend to date and be involved with men who are very masculine and who are tied up into their masculinity, and that sort of goes across race. Like they can be white, they can be black, they can be
2: um, any other color, but that sort of tends to happen. But Dennis, on a previous episode, you said that you tended the men you dated tended to be black and masculine, mm-hmm. or white and semi-sort of semi-mas white and pop, but not projecting the same type of masculinity.
3: They're not projecting the same type of masculinity, but they are projecting some. Um, So I mean some sort of intentional masculinity and they mm. they might be looking at me in a slightly different way than some of the more masculine black tops that I'm dating but the sort of overall effect I feel like is still sort of there and so in those sort of racialized contexts it's very interesting like I sometimes have different rules for them like I cannot ever have like a white man call me boy.
4: Mm.
3: Like if we're getting into like sort of dom sub thing, that just can't happen. Like I cannot have you call me that. Like it just, the dick will retract. The, the anus will close up.
1: You're not going to get anywhere with me. And, this is, this is. I'm sorry. When you said dick retracted, I, I thought of the wicked witch of the West on, crushed underneath the ha- I'm sorry, of the East crushed underneath the house oh, and girlfriend. her like legs like curl up into yes! her. <laughs> that
3: is an act. That would be an accurate image I feel like <laughs> of the effect that has on me coming from For a black guy. It's not an issue. Um, but yeah, that's so what you're going to say. say? I mean,
2: I, my, my first boyfriend, I mean, my first long term boyfriend um, had not dated a white boy before me. Mm-hmm. And the first time we fucked, he was more of a bottom. Mm-hmm. The first time we fucked, he kept calling me the N-word during sex.
3: I've um, never had someone try that. Black, white, anything. I had to stop.
2: I, and, I mean, mind you, we dated for a long time after this, but I, I stopped and went to the other room. Uh, and uh, we had a conversation afterward. And and, and um, I was just like, I'm not... I'm not comfortable with that. And and he literally was just like I've just as I've never slept with a white person before mm. kind of when I'm getting fucked that's like my go-to mm. is I'm just going to say I'm going to say fuck me and then that, that's the word that's going to come out. And it was um yeah. how did you resolve that? Like I mean it, it I literally was just like I can't. Like to me it's again it's just not a game. It's not. Yeah. A, it, it is just not a turn on for me. And yeah. it literally. Well, I mean,
0: sounds like, like more than that, it's actually a turn off and like a boundary and a trigger for you. It's not just like, Oh, that's your word, babe. That's fine. Like you can say it. I'm not going to say it. Like, I understand that, you know, that, that you're reclaiming it in the same way that like somebody might reclaim slut or cunt or faggot or whatever. I think
2: that if he had said that, if yeah. he had said, Oh, this is my word and I'm not expecting to, you to use it, but this is something that I use. Mm. Uh, and, I'm comfortable with it, and you, you know, like I'm never gonna expect you to use it. I'm, I, I would have been fine with it. in a way, you know, it's like I again. Did I, he want you to use it? No, was no, he- no, he didn't. Okay. He wasn't asking that at all. And again, because I, had I was, our, we had been on dates. Like I liked this person, yeah. so I'm kind of like willing to have a conversations about what it, what everything means. But I think it was just that he had never, like, as someone who had not slept with a lot of white people, he had just never, he didn't. And so as soon as I was like, I'm not really. I'm not comfortable with that. It just never happened again. And yeah. that was just kind of, that was that.
3: Yeah. That's really, that's like interesting. Um, In my sex life, that has actually never come up. Like I, I have never had a black man try and say that to me. I've never had a white guy try and say that to me. I'm not sure how I would, I mean, I couldn't obviously deal with that with a white guy. I think I don't know what would happen if it was another black guy. Like, I just don't know. Fran, how do you feel about being called up? Poppy. <laughs> <laughs> when you say that, my first thought is like like a poppy seed, not even like <laughs> what it actually
1: <laughs> means. It's come up on the <laughs> on our podcast. This <laughs> is why I asked. Not necessarily comparable because poppy spelled P A P I is not is not as derogatory though excruciatingly racialized. <gasps> um, I don't look like a poppy. I don't sound Fran. like a poppy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am like six foot two and like uh, still trying to hit one hundred and fifty pounds and like will not. Um, uh,
0: but da- daddies come in all
1: shapes and sizes. That's true. And so do poppies. I know. But now you got your poppy chulo necklace, boo. Oh uh, right. But to, um, because because it, it's 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 um, it's not language that is racially coded um, and excruciating derogatory the way other m- slurs for Mexican people might be. Um, which I won't say, uh, it, it's, it's one where I'm just like, it's just literally untrue. Like, and then it takes me out of the moment mm. and I will reject it. Um, if qu- it was a racial a- slur, it would be the same. It would be a similar situation in it that I would find myself with, with Dennis where I'm just like, that's not going to work. I have a question for Anne.
2: Yeah, go and for I'm it. Gonna, I'm going to pause. I'm going to put a little break for because we might want to hit this out later. Um, would it be the same if you slept with people, who, mostly people who were not white people?
1: Which wait, wait. People who were or weren't? weren't. Weren't white people. Yeah, Meaning yeah. like so um what Joe is referring to is the fact that like eighty percent of the people I slept with are white. It is a sickness. <laughs> <laughs>
3: why are you so shady gotta put his shit out there like that um, that's the second time I this talked episode very
1: honestly about my dating and sex life and with regards to race so i feel like but no it would of course it, for me of course it would be the same it it, it is it the same. yeah it would be the same it, it, it wow. is it is an identity that regardless of who is calling who is referring to me by a by a name that is either poppy or something that is much worse than bobby i i'm not going to identify it and um, I said this to you guys before but I'll say it again like if if I can't um, contribute to the situation or if I can't say a thing that will come out of my mouth sincere in a sincere and authentic way I can't do it or I can't say it and so in this as the same as in sex if someone is putting me in a situation in which I can't sincerely um, participate in the thing that they want me to participate into I will shut down so that
2: includes any sort of sexual role play at all
1: Absolutely. I I, I to a certain that's like that I mean we this is the light version of this conversation but like every time I try to participate in a sexting conversation with someone, oh, like I really I go for it to the, I go for it to buy be- Tina's book. I do need to Tina. buy Tina's book.
0: Sexting the Grown-Ups Guide to Getting Dirty Digitally. <laughs> <laughs> Tina but,
2: Tina has a whole guide to how you take on. Like it is so sexy. But I I, I want to take a step back from role play but like it is so sexy to take on an identity that is not
1: yours. Right, but see that's where we part because that's not something that I'm not privy to or really good at. So, it's something that I'm sure I could get great at with practice, yeah, but yeah. to this to the to the nature of erotic irony and how we talk about it, I personally can't be can't be in touch with myself enough to really give into like how ridiculous sexting feels sometimes. And by wow. ridiculous I mean I am I'm a writer and I, I look at the words that are in front of me it's on so my phone and I can't distance myself. I can't distance myself from what's there. So what Man. happens is, hang on one second. I, what happens is I'm engaging in a, conversation. <laughs> a sexual conversation. Sext, <laughs> sext, sexual conversation. Sex. Sext. Um and, and they'll all be going and I'm like okay I can do this I can do this I can do this and then at a certain point I'll be like I send like a gif or like I send like a bunch of emojis or I'll really break the concentration because I can't be serious but, but with babe, myself.
2: you are I mean and I've heard I've, I've read your writing and I've heard you read your writing you are such a good fiction writer so I know that you can and I think that the thing you read at Tin House when we all met was in the first person mm-hmm. yeah it was. So you can embody a character for a fucking novel <laughs> Fran doesn't realize how good his novel is, just say. Oh, no. But, like, it's incredible. So it, that, to me, I think that writers sometimes are more comfortable doing it in their art than in their life. And one of the things I love about Tina you know, Horn is that there's no boundary between those things at all. Right. <laughs> um, that is so, that
3: is, like, amazing and so true, I think, as writers. um, Particularly for those of us that are fiction writers where you can just, like you can kind of throw off some of those barriers in your work and try and mm-hmm. really embody things that you might not be ready to deal with like otherwise. Um, but sorry, and in, just in, to sort of slightly extend the race play conversation a little bit, I wanted to say that it's interesting for me because I think that very often I'm thinking about things um, racially or sort of as race play when they might not be. Like I was telling mm-hmm. this group right before we started recording about when I, yes, I did go see, Um, the first Fifty Shades of Grey movie. And I went and saw it with my best friend from high school who was also black. And we both grew up in a particular kind of neighborhood. And, like, the two of us were best friends, but all of our other friends. But we we went to separate schools, both in our schools and, like, in our group of friends were white. Mm. And we both, for a long time, dated white men before I started dating black men. She married one of her, like, first sort of boyfriends, white guy. And they've been together. They've been married for, like, five years um, and so it was interesting because we saw it together I was visiting her and I sort of went on this rant after seeing it talking about like race and how I felt like it was so racialized even though um, no one no even though they're both white so no one's talking about race in the movie or in the context of this movie or this book at all because of
0: the um, idea of sexual slavery
3: because of the idea of sexual slavery I mean literally you have scenes where I mean, a it's woman just power regardless well right? it's right
2: it's not' it, even named as slavery. It's just no, it's not. But you have these scenes,
3: you have these images where this woman is like, you know, her arms are held up and this man is like whipping her. And this is a common element in BDSM. Like this is something that you see all the time. And it was so interesting to but me in because.
0: in BDSM, the woman actually wants it and consents to it. As opposed yes. To 50
3: consent. Say,
0: right? Which is, a f- it's, it's a fantasy. But anyway. But it's fantasy.
3: still, it's still an element to talk about because it's a very complicated thing. Thing in that in that I work, think,
2: I think Dennis's point is critical that many types of scenes in BDSM are racialized, even when it's only white people in the scene.
3: Right, like that's all I could think about, and I ke- then I kept thinking about myself in that situation because I have thought about the possibility of maybe trying that at some point with the right partner or trying mm. trying some stuff because I'm curious a little bit. But I just was like, I don't know if I could, like, handle this. And I thought, well, what if my partner was white versus what if mm. my partner was black and would that be a different thing? And so I sort of mentioned it to her. And I and I thought to myself, I don't know how you could be a black person in America and not just have images of yep. slavery. And that doesn't mean that it's a, necessarily a turnoff or whatever. Like, it's still going to have, like, I'm sure there are, there are plenty of black people who are in, into it. But... It was just, it's a complication that I think is there that clearly wasn't there for the movies in this, the, the characters
2: in this movie. Oh, I think it absolutely, I mean, everything in America exists in the context of that. Yeah. So like, yeah. it absolutely is there for the characters in the movie. And I think that it's something that as a person who enjoys BDSM, I like carry into my life. I do not mind, one, I think one of the reasons why like a feet caning or a nipple play is a type of pain that is very erotic is that it is not racialized necessarily in its imagery. It doesn't come from a scene that can be traced back to American slavery and American race play. And oh, you like foot caning? I was about to ask what foot caning is. It's
0: when you cane the bottom of somebody's foot. Wait, cane is it? Like a, like a rattan cane, like whoosh. Like you know, like uh, like in like English schoolboys, like getting uh, getting punished. Oh um, my god! Dennis's
1: face is priceless. He looks like that one Muppet that just like opens <laughs> his mouth when it's surprised and just like oh!
0: oh, and it's just like. Frozen. Canes are so sexy. Yes.
3: I'm a little curious about those. Do you
0: have a cane? No. Oh well you've got a stick then you've got a cane <laughs> <laughs> T- tina's resourceful i am pervertible as we call them uh, yes so yeah maybe in the back maybe in the backyard we, we could definitely go to washington square park and find a find a cane in the bushes um, there's definitely, there's <laughs> definitely that we
4: can use.
2: Do we want to do the Food for Thought game?
0: I would love to do the yes, Food for Thought we game. Do. Ooh, Yes, now- we do. Oh, are we are we are are we switching?
1: We are <laughs> we are such epic switches. Also Are you flipping me? In- <laughs> I'm sorry, the game we're about to pay- play is based on Tinder and Dennis opened Tinder as if that would prepare
3: Dennis, put your Tinder. No, t- no. I had a new
1: match. I wanted to see who it was, and he's a hottie.
2: Dennis is a thought, <laughs> surprising no one. Thought crime. Uh, <laughs> sorry, so sorry, Tina. I get I get distracted easily.
0: I'm, you, no, I am no no apologies necessary.
2: That that's why you can't keep a man, Dennis.
3: I Maybe mean, it's one of like a
2: hundred reasons. <laughs> accurate, accurate. Um, so this is a game that we like to play on our show, Food for Thought, where we give a topic. And then you pretend it's a Tinder match, and you have to swipe left, which means to the left, to the left, no. Right. Or you swipe right, which means
0: ooh,
2: I wouldn't mind. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like you're you're allowed. I will allow you to message me.
2: I yes, I would. I would maybe even not mind if you messaged me. Uh, and so okay, we're gonna go in the order that we're sitting in, and I want to. Tina is our caboose. <laughs> As our special it's a, guest, it's
0: a, it's, a, it's a natural. So role she's for gonna me. she's
2: gonna around us home, uh, and we're gonna start easy and then just move a little more complicated. All right, are we ready? <laughs> ready, ready, Do we ready. We all get the premise. <laughs> we're ready, born okay. ready. Number one, Beyonce. Swipe right.
1: Oh, swipe right. Swipe right. Obviously, I mean, obviously. Focus on the family. <laughs> I had an aunt that worked for Focus on the Family and <gasps> left. Left.
3: Oh my God! You were in the Focus on the Family family. I'm swipe. <laughs> um, I'm swiping left. I mean, Fran, did
1: she did she leave or did are you swiping left? Uh, the whole situation is murky to me. I didn't ask questions, but she no longer works there. She works for Chick Fil A now.
0: <laughs> oh, so, so, so much better. Not like the apropos. chicken fried version of Focus <laughs> on the
2: Family. <laughs>
0: I'm I'm going to swipe left on I that mean, too. obviously. Yeah. So
2: this one I think might polarize a little bit. I know Tina's answer because I know her very well. Glitter. Swipe right. Swipe right. Okay. Swipe right. Okay. I actually swipe left on glitter because I hate finding it on my sheets and it, it like takes weeks. But why do you, <laughs> But why Joseph, why weeks. do you
0: hate Finding something <laughs> so wonderful. It's, <laughs> it's literally thing. like
3: finding treasure. Yeah. Like when like, I find like, glitter like, often
0: in my I'm just like, oh my god, it's Christmas! Like glitter is so joyful and wonderful, and so gay and exuberant, and all, and it like it 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 hides and then like jumps out and is like, here's here's some pleasure for you. This is
1: why we can never be in a relationship, Joe. (laughs)
0: I mean, uh, thank you, (laughs) Tina.
1: Count the ways, (laughs) Fran. Um, how about jockstraps? Um. Swipe right on other people. Swipe left on me. And why is that, Fran? Joe, do you have to make me say it? Because <laughs> yeah. I don't have a good butt.
3: Um, swipe right on me, and I don't really care on other people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I have a figure skater ass. It's just it's that's it. So
0: definitely swipe right. I some I I I, I sometimes um. Uh, like i really i really have always liked this look where i'm wear a jock strap but then like a cute like femme yeah. bra yeah. um yes. but like some some people like find that I like would too let dissonant you top me. oh no. <laughs> <laughs> surprising no one
2: <laughs> um next up cold brew
1: swipe
3: right uh wait coffee right swipe right oh
1: my god Dennis
0: Quite right, but I will say that I have a strong preference for super super hot coffee. Oh, interesting! So, like, I will, I like, I will enjoy an iced coffee, and I love that cold brew is a trend yeah. because it is generally stronger than your typical. But Tina, here's
2: somewhere a place where you and I disagree. Polar, like, I hate too hot coffee. Yeah, I love room temperature coffee, and I love especially cold coffee. Okay, next up. Susan Sarandon's acting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Act. Is going to be a follow up? I'm. <laughs> okay. Because I anticipate the follow up, acting swipe right. Um, is like, is swipe she?
3: left.
2: On her acting? Bitch!
0: She is. Whatever. Dennis. Wait, give me an example of a movie that you would swipe Dennis? left <laughs> I don't on. Know who she is. Own oh, up to it. You don't
1: know who she is.
0: I know who she looks like. Who is she?
1: (laughs) She's like that. Who is she?
3: I can Google her for you. She spent a bunch of time on a
2: soap opera,
3: okay? No. no, No, no. Tell me one film she's in.
2: Wrong. (laughs) That's Susan Lucci. Oh,
3: oops. Wait, was she in Under the Tuscan Sun?
1: (laughs) This is the blackest thing you've ever done on the podcast. I know what she looks
3: like. I do know what she looks like, but I can't tell you.
2: She was in Rocky Horror for example Oh my god Joseph.
3: Thelma and Louise Oh I've seen but that
2: also in Rocky Horror. Yeah, those Wait are two
3: okay days? hold on I've never seen Rocky Horror but I did see Thelma and Louise And I loved Thelma and Louise so I'm gonna swipe right I'm sorry I like Thelma and Louise I like
0: strong women Definitely swiping right on Susan Sarandon's <laughs> Acting and her tits
2: Dennis likes strong women, but doesn't know who Susan Sarandon is. So I'm going to skip Dennis on the next one and go with Susan Sarandon's activism.
1: I mean, she falls a lot in line with you, Joe. (laughs) As a Jill Stein voter. Um, Swipe left. Swipe left.
3: Well, that's what I was more familiar with was her recent political commentary. And I'm going to swipe left because I'm sorry I voted Hillary.
0: I'm gonna. Uh, that's a hard left for me, uh, and uh, I, fair, I, I'm, fair. I'm gonna. <laughs> fair. I'm. I. Um. This is not. This is not a. This is not a popular opinion, but uh, I am. I'm not. I'm not a Bernie bro. I have. I have a, a, a lot. I have a lot of problems. Not with. Not with Bernie per se, but like the like Bernie evangelism, which yeah. mm-hmm. Susan Sarandon fully embodies, and like this mm-hmm. sort of like messianic uh i mean there's a lot
2: of privilege in saying that clinton that trump will be better than clinton because who she was, says that susan
0: sarandon oh right 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 oh right right, right. <laughs> of course the, the thing saying, that she said right because they, cause, cause he'll, he'll bring the revolution, revolution. Oh. Right, right, right right
1: she said it and then on record like like, try to go back on it. Like, it's not a, a 100% out there. I just love Susan Sarandon in Thelma <laughs> and Louise. I'm not defending her. I just want to give her, like, 5% of my doubt. <laughs> That's
2: fair. That's fair. Okay, next up, I, I think I know how everyone's
1: going to answer. Spandex. Uh,
4: swipe
1: right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm a figure
3: skater, so spandex is essential <laughs> to our lives. So swipe right.
0: Uh, definitely swipe right. Big g- swipe I've right, got right a from a from I've Tina. got a, I've got a, I've got a fat ass, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>
2: She's wearing more than some right now. I yes,
0: this is, this is like well, you what? Uh, yeah, definitely. I like spandex with like a l- little bit, little bit of cotton, little Cheers bit of to cotton. The to
2: yeah. the spandex.
0: Can we get a chair? Yes. <laughs> uh, I actually, I have a, a like a spandex. I feel like you'll appreciate this, Dennis. I have a um a spandex like full body. <laughs> Uh, Unitar. I need it. Um <laughs> where did
3: you get it? Uh that,
0: that I that I still have from eighth grade um uh, modern dance recital. Yes and, and it, what, to, to the song Intergalactic by the Beastie Boys. Yes uh, And so it's like it's like black spandex and that has like silver like sort of like space alien like uh uh spandex and then um sequins and they're also there and it and it still fits. So, yeah. oh, that is
3: wonderful. why I love you and that is why I love spandex. Joe keeps trying to grab the microphone, but we don't need
2: him to have the microphone. Yes Actually, we do. We really do. Uh I'm the game person. <laughs> Sorry everybody. Um next up transitions lenses.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> swipe so hard left. Like my dad has
3: those. <laughs> um, swipe left. Just get two pairs of glasses and have a bag big enough to carry a set in your bag like it's not that difficult wait is this some
0: it's an excuse for that, another accessory is this glasses that turn into sunglasses, sunglasses? Yeah. yeah I love my like <laughs> cheap plastic Ray-Ban knockoffs. so yeah. I want to like either either I'm wearing my glasses or I'm going to be out in the sun all day and I'm wearing contacts and the cheap Ray-Ban knockoffs. so, so like just one for... just one pair I, you know I would I would break them I would like yeah. I would break them I would sweat Next, I, I would just like, yeah
3: I feel like transition lenses are like something you do in retirement. Like, like you're trying to make your life easier. Fine. I but just,
0: don't. We
2: all want to live that life.
0: No, I want. Like no. when I'm wearing when I'm wearing sunglasses, I'm like, I I'm like outdoor sweat mm. adventure. You know. So like, I don't I don't need to have like six hundred dollars on my face. Fair, fair. You know, unless it's my lipstick.
2: Um. <laughs> next up, <laughs> something I think that might speak to certain audience
1: members in the room being a full-time freelancer. <laughs> I have to say I used to be a full-time freelancer and I really miss it. I have to say, right. You miss it. I'm, I miss it. It w- sucked like a ball sack, but it was, <laughs> I miss it a lot.
3: Well, okay. So this is very interesting because I have clearly swiped left in my life on full-time freelancing. Um, but I've been thinking about the possibility of swiping right and trying to build that up. Although Fran is part of the reason why I was glad that I had swiped left because he scared me a little bit.
1: Aww. Anything I can do. Did you have health insurance when you were a full-time freelancer? Uh, No, I did not. It was really stressful. I also... And went- that's scary as fuck. Yeah, and not to mention, like, nobody pays you on time or ever. Like, I when I exited freelancing, I was owed almost eleven thousand dollars in invoices
3: and that's scary as fuck and just real talk like i went through a cancer scare a couple of years ago and i did not have health insurance Uh. and sometimes i think about that shit, and i'm just like god no freelancing tina
0: i just swiped right really hard on full-time freelancing (laughs) in actual so i'm like i'm like in i'm in the honeymoon period right now i'm feeling really good although I was supposed to get a really big check that was going to cover my rent this weekend and like, Oh, they don't have it. So it's in the mail. And I was like, right. I like, this is, this is, this is the, this is the trade off for the freedom is this is just the way it's going to be. There's no, there's no like witchcraft that you can do to make it not like that. It's just always going to be like that. But, um, yeah, being in, being the master of your own domain is pretty tight uh,
2: next up dennis <laughs> calling his booty a brioche suisse.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> which happened irl
1: fran oh it's it's a left there's no i'm sorry
2: there's nothing else but a left nothing else but it um pretty sweet it's a right uh,
0: <laughs> I don't know what a brioche sweet is it's
2: like one of those it's one of those French puffed up it's actually the worst of all French pastries that they're these <laughs> puffed up breads <laughs> that are like halfway between kind of like a soft bread and
1: a sweet pastry but
2: it's,
0: doughy. it's like
1: doughy and under under baked
0: okay it. question is that accurate <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's not
3: <laughs> no We're working with an extremely firm pastry here. Gotcha. But Joe says he thinks it's the worst French pastry. I've had some excellent French pastry, brioche suisse. I've had some excellent French pastries, and I think it's really delicious. And that's why I named it that Mm. temporarily. I go through a lot of names for my uh, brioche suisse.
0: I'm gonna swipe. I'm gonna swipe. Right, because I I believe in uh, everybody's right to uh. (laughs) self-identify.
1: I'm looking at photos of a Brioche Suisse. I'm showing everyone photos. It has this cheesy, melty middle that Mm. has chocolate chips coming out of it. There is nothing about this pastry that should be compared to an (laughs) ass. But it tastes good. It is so delicious.
2: Uh, so it's a polarizing one. That's great. <laughs> um, ne- next up, facial cum shots. Do you like having cum in your face? Oh.
1: Only if they ask first. So is that who left or right?
4: It is a right,
1: <laughs> a hard right. With consent. With consent, unless I know them well enough, in which they are welcome to surprise me. There is always consent for me on this.
3: Swipe. Su- can it, can we super like? Is that a thing that we can do on this? That's on Tinder. That's a real thing. You can super like. I'm super liking. Like super like. Oh, that's it.
2: That is it. I did not I did not anticipate that.
0: Speaking of pastries, I love being a toaster strudel. So uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> so I will I will I will swipe right.
2: That's, that gets resounding. You swipe right in the room. <laughs> the next one was originally going to be sending an iCal invite for a hookup, but given the text message that Fran got in our break, I'm going to instead ask: Fran, only sleeping with white boys with giant, ugly mustaches? Swipe left or right. True. Okay,
1: no. True. Fran's got the mic, Dennis. <laughs> Listen up: the mustaches are well-groomed, they're tight, they're clean, they're beautiful. Mm. They are the right texture in every orifice that they go inside of.
2: And I, I would like to, why are we focusing on the mustache instead of the white boy portion of this?
1: <laughs> because you're attacking the mustache. Um, but as I said earlier, it is a sickness, swipe left. Um, everything? So anytime
3: you see a picture of someone who's been a lover of Fran's whether it's the whiteness or the mustache and it's usually both I just feel like I'm seeing Stanley Tucci when he played the serial killer in The Lovely Bones. I'm not
1: here for it. Swipe left. Okay. (laughs) I'm just gonna move past that. (laughs) And I have to say that I forgot what I was gonna say.
0: (laughs) I um I I have to um I have to swipe right I I have to you just know support just I just support. Uh, yeah I just support you know whatever you taste but I, I really I'm not gonna <laughs> yuck your yum <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I do want to swipe right and defend sending iCalendar invites for booty calls it's super efficient I recommend it uh, he's the most
2: like Virgo non-Virgo of anyone I've ever met my
1: moon is in Virgo my mm. moon is in Virgo sorry. and
2: our final. Question: To polarize the room, swipe left or swipe right? Drag King Karaoke. Dragon. Everyone but Tina, answer.
1: Oh
4: no! Oh no! <laughs>
1: <I> swipe right. <laughs> I've never enjoyed it. I'm sorry.
2: Fran is very afraid of being punished for the wrong answer. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, drag king karaoke, meaning... Oh
2: my God. Drag, <laughs> drag <a> king. <laughs> Dennis.
3: Um, I mean, I understand the concept. I'm just trying to... Think through whether or not this would be an enjoyable he doesn't experience know what is. Someone for anyone. <laughs> he
1: doesn't know who Susan Sarandon is. He doesn't know. <laughs> drag
4: I'm sorry are. that
3: I read more than Charles Tray. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I'm going to swipe right because why not? Like, I don't want to yuck someone else's yum mm. when it comes to getting on a stage and like singing a song. Mm. Like, I'll yuck someone's yum when it comes to some mustaches, but outside of that like swipe right why not live and let live old buddy
2: and tina
0: well i host drag karaoke every weekend at my local (laughs) bar so i'm i'm i feel very similarly about karaoke that i feel about glitter which is that i understand that people hate it and those people that hate glitter and hate karaoke are just no friends of mine. <laughs> um, uh, and y'all are invited. And, uh, and also I would actually really love to know what everybody's go-to karaoke song is. Ooh.
2: Uh, this is Joe. <laughs> Emo white boy, surprising. No one. Fiona Apple.
0: What song?
2: All of them
1: criminal. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love like just boner stomping the whole room <laughs> with a sad ass ballad by Linda Ronstadt. Yes. Um, I love Desperado, but I yes. will if I really, really want to bring everyone down, I will go for Blue by you. I will go for it.
0: I love you. You are you are welcome in my <laughs> karaoke night.
3: Um, <laughs> I go back to the '90s. Don't you wanna be? more than friends oh and vogue don't let go
2: nice.
0: thank you so much for being on the show i uh, <laughs> before it dies. this has
2: been the most fun the most fun
1: it really has thank you for having us tina
3: amazing thank you so much what a gift we love you
0: you guys are so beautiful Aww. um everybody should definitely make sure to check out and subscribe to food for thought and uh tell tell everybody where we can find you on the internet
1: you can find us at foodforthoughtpodcast.com and on Twitter at foodforthoughtpod or you can just Google food the number four and thought spelled how T-H-O-T that's very important search engine optimization Everyone,
0: Interrobang is produced and hosted by yours truly Tina Horn our theme music is by my brother from another mother Moot thanks for listening Has some fun every night. Hold up.